Is that a porg right behind you? Yes, that is. A, that's. That, I think. I believe that's the porg you gave us. Really, it's so cute. Yeah. Okay. Um, somebody brought it in here, and I decided to just set it up in the back of my. Now yes. that I'm looking at it in the back, it looks like a weird troll, but it is a porg. Like I it's can hard tell to it's see. A porg from here but it is a port i suspected it was because everything um, else on that couch is star wars yeah i guess i have a theme going i'm thinking of getting a shelf yeah. uh to fill in that space there because i'm trying to like what can i do to make my performance space more aesthetically pleasing uh i love your skulls melissa yeah thank you very well. nice skulls uh excellent skulls yes they're they're all year round oh yeah yeah, <laughs> it's always Halloween at Melissa's house. <laughs> Melissa is a horror like aficionado. Yes. So. so let's you know what let's 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 introduce our special guest today. Uh, welcome to the Feminine Mistake Podcast. I'm one of is your hosts, Nicole. This is, this is the That's, Feminine Mistake Podcast. This is the Feminine okay. Mistake. I know cool. we've got two podcasts now, and it gets confusing. But welcome to the Feminine Mistake Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Nicole. I'm your other host, Sarah. <laughs> and uh, our special <laughs> guest today is returning champion. Uh, actor, writer, director, horror expert, Melissa Lee. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Um, thank you, Melissa, for joining us again. Yeah, thank you for is having me. Is this like the third time? Is it? I think, I think, so. it's, the, I think it's the second. Um, we yeah. had Melissa on in season two to discuss Poltergeist. That's right. Yeah. So she didn't do any other horror? I don't no, I think so. Last year. I didn't do last year. Yeah, okay. I don't remember what we watched Oh, you know what? We watched Suspiria. No, it wasn't last year. And we'll get, well, actually, I think we're going to get to that. Uh, we'll talk about why we didn't podcast last year, or we'll just mention that we didn't. Anyway, we'll get there. Uh, but yes, uh, the year before we did Suspiria with Brandon Mitchell. That's right. Who is now our resident okay. witch expert. <laughs> witch guy. <laughs> He's yeah. our witch guy because he did guy. Sabrina with us uh, earlier this year. Uh, Melissa, we're so happy to have you to uh, a badass female director on Ooh. the podcast to talk about this badass horror movie female yes. directed female written i know i i can't wait so before we get into that of course uh for those of you who are here for what you've come for uh we are going to be talking about jennifer's body that is this month's film so we're going to be talking about jennifer's body uh but before we get to that uh i would love to hear what you guys have been watching what have you guys been watching lately right Just now anything. yeah well right now uh lovecraft country Oh yes. Um, I am loving that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's like the main thing I've been watching right now. Okay. I like to save things until all the uh, episodes are out. Like when everyone started to watch it, there was only one episode out, and I was like, I can't just watch them one one at a time. Like I have to binge the whole thing. It's nice to have something to look forward to. I think uh, to start the work week if you're a Monday through Friday kind of person. That's true. Yeah, I, you know, I am, I haven't seen Lovecraft Country yet, um, and I am very excited about it. I want, it was filmed here, so there's a lot mm -hmm. of Atlanta actors yeah. uh, who, I've been yeah. seeing lots of people popping up. Melissa, are you hiding a secret Lovecraft Country performance? Are you, no, no? I was just wondering, because no. people have been like popping up on Facebook, like, oh, my yeah. episode's coming up like, yeah. next week, and I'm like, you sneaky dog, I didn't yeah. even know you were on the show. I think I would be overly excited. I, I don't know how you would have everyone already. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, uh, obviously I want to see it uh, because uh, it's an Atlanta show. But yeah, I've heard it's a brilliant uh, show. Yeah. So that is, I guess now's a good time to start it. You know, because October. Yeah. Is my I mean, all I want to watch during October are like fuck is fucking scary shit. That's all I want to watch. Uh, all I right. Uh, year round. 
all year round. Sarah's like, I like to be fucking scared all year round. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Sarah, what have you been watching? Um, so most recently, I think since we last talked on this podcast, I've been watching HGTV, just a lot of HGTV shows. Which I got to say is a real hard left from all that true crime that you were watching before. That's true. That's true. I've been, I've got bought on binges of all kinds of shit. Um, so now I'm on an HGTV binge. I'm watching nice. Fixer Upper right now. Okay. Um, and it's just really formulaic, but like predictably pleasant. So that's comforting. Um, comforting. Yeah. yeah. I put it on in the background. Sometimes I'll do stuff on my phone. Sometimes I'll like clean my room. Like, I mean, my room is clean. I don't know why I would clean my room, but. Um, so HGTV has you cleaning your room. When I don't I need, need to be. Watch. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know no, that anything can get me to clean my room. So it's, I think it's a lost cause. So yeah, um, that's what I did all day today. Just fixer upper. Wow. I'm glad. Yeah. I think it's good to have like a a safe, uh, peaceful, predictable thing to watch sometimes, you sometimes, know? Sometimes, like when the world is on fire. Yeah. Yeah. When the world's on fire, like let's watch some people pick out a backsplash. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I think the only other thing I've been watching is uh, Girlfriends on Netflix because it came out. Oh, and I nice. love that. Yes. Okay, cool. Well, I'm going to have to check that out. Um, I love a good. So is that like a kind of a situation comedy kind of situation? Like, a like, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. That sounds it's absolutely delightful. hilarious. I Did you it. just nice. pronounce out situation com- com- comedy, Nicole? Is not is that not okay to go for the whole, the full it's just so formal. Situation comedy. Situation a, sit- comedy. a sitcom. Also known yeah. as a sitcom. Yeah. Co- uh, AKA no. a sitcom. I'm, I'm just giving you a hard time. No, it's okay. You can give me a hard time. <laughs> hang on. I'm going to... The porg is like coming out of my head. So hang on a second. It's it's bothering me. Hang on. Yeah. So something oh. I love about Dick Pick Professional is how raw, raw obby. There's like a painting that has a dick going like right and into this head. Going in the- yes. Yeah. There. I'm it. just going to At- perch him. Th- that's better. Cause now Aww. it's like, Oh, it's so cute. Yeah. Yeah. I just, it was like How coming out of you- my head like a tumor and I just, I didn't like it. How about every 10 minutes you put him in a different place and then, and then people on- can guess it'll be like, then, where's yeah. Waldo? <laughs> uh, so I, so I, Honestly, we we have so many podcasts right now that I've most of the things I've been watching have been for podcasts. Uh, but uh, I did recently purchase a Blackmagic Pocket Cinema 6K camera, which I I love. It's been my you know sometimes people buy a lot of clothes or you know whatever to you know as part of their quarantine depression, and I'm just buying gear. Like as a promise to myself that one day quarantine will be over and that I will be able to make a film again. Yeah. Um, so I bought the 6K. I'm pre- it's fucking amazing. I fucking love it. I I'm having the best time learning all the features. And I have these badass lenses that I got last year. So I kind of did the reverse order. Like I bought the nice cine lenses first. And then I bought the camera because I was like, I can always rent a camera, but lenses, I mean, that's like it's like a diamond is forever kind of shit. You've got lenses. You can fucking use those forever. Like cameras come and go, you know. Uh, but uh, I, here's the thing: I feel like really, obviously, I feel really comfortable with editing. That is my, you know, go-to job that I do for money. 
Um, I feel good with audio. I do a lot of location sound. Obviously, I have podcasting, like so I feel pretty good about audio. Uh, the one thing as a filmmaker that I really feel weak in is cinematography. Like I understand it intellectually, but I don't like I wouldn't I don't feel comfortable in my hands going out to shoot something. And also I feel like in terms of my when I pre-visualize a script with a DP, I feel like this is like an area that I am weak in, you know? So I'm hoping that the camera in the meantime will give me a, a reason to learn more about that. And so what I've been watching is a lot of videos about the Black Magic 6K, but I would like to recommend a uh, a web uh, a YouTube channel that I discovered last night. Uh, it's called In Depth Cine. So it's In Depth and then Cine uh, C I N E. Uh, I I've been watching the videos are pretty short. They're like seven to nine minutes, and this guy. I watched him describe like the difference between anamorphic and spherical lenses last night. Um, I watched, uh, he did a video on how uh, equipment and uh, cinematography differ, differs on a no budget film versus a indie film versus like a industry film. Um, and he also breaks down individual movies and cinematographers and like breaks down, you know, their style and what type of lenses they use and stuff. And it's fucking fascinating. And I feel like I'm learning a lot. So I just wanted to share that with everyone. So if you're like, you know, you're in quarantine, you're looking to brush up on some knowledge of cinematography, I, I recommend that this this guy's YouTube channel, it's pretty fucking fascinating. Nice. I'm not great with cinematography either. So <laughs> well, I, check out these videos. Uh, here's the thing. I under, like I said, I understand it enough. Like, I know what focal lengths are and shit like that, but I don't know much about the inner workings of the lens and how it's put together. And I also like the the explanation of the difference between how it because I know what anamorphic is as an aspect ratio. I know that as an editor, um, but it's more than just the aspect ratio. The lens itself and the way that the light passes through it changes the way it the th things look in the frame. And that's the part of cinematography that I don't no you know what I mean and so it was really fascinating to watch them him compare different films and say this was shot with this type of lens this was shot with this type of lens and then point out in the frame what makes it look different and that that's fucking cool and that's the kind of beat you over the head with simplicity thing that I need to understand this you know what I mean yeah so uh check it out if you're looking for something to watch uh and you're wanting to learn more about cinematography um also if anybody has any videos uh, or, <laughs> or tutorials or anything that you recommend uh you know shout us uh, send message us on social media i'm looking for recommendations uh one of the things i want to brush up on in quarantine is learn a little bit more about cinematography so those of you guys out there who have any recommendations uh message us on twitter at uh femistake pod and uh send me your recommendations i am looking for it i choose to remain willfully <laughs> ignorant to cinematography so there's like don't Sounds send me any suggestions no actually i will unfollow you. i'm just kidding no. <laughs> but if you if you want to send sarah recommendations for house building house yeah. renovating or house hunting shows uh yes please or is it just house renovating is it also the house hunting that you like to watch house hu house hunting yes house rent renovating um the house hunters are a bit like they have no They're so bitchy vision. sometimes They're yeah bitchy. they have no vision they're like oh my they, god the walls are green. green i know it's like you can fucking paint god you know mm -hmm. i can't do any of that i mean i've painted this wall <laughs> I, it looks great. Looks beautiful. Yeah, 
Chris and I always had good intentions of like, you buy a house and you're like, we're going to do this and this and this. And then you know what? We don't. Mm -hmm. We'd sit around and talk about how we'd like to do stuff. We still have wall, wall, wallpaper and, and, ba and, and bathroom fixtures that are like 1985 when the house was built. Like we just haven't done anything. It's like you don't do anything until it's time to sell a house. And exactly. then you're like, let's spend $20,000 making this house look fucking great and then sell it to somebody else. <laughs> yep. Except for you, you, Melissa, you, Melissa, you and Brian have definitely done some work on that house. Yeah, yeah for absolutely. sure. Um, I did the color scheme and mm -hmm. uh, the decor in the living room. You class that place up. No, there's yeah. no doubt about you know, it. I try. <laughs> um, but I remember house. Brian like was like sanding the floors and shit when he first moved in there. Yeah, he redid all the floors, yeah. the nice and hardwood floors. He pulled up the carpet and everything. Yeah, see, I can't yeah. do any of that shit. I pick shows, out paint colors. That's all I can do. On those shows, they like to use the words like gut job for like, <laughs> no, for like a kitchen or a bathroom. I but feel like you could use the term gut, gut job, job. To, to describe a couple of things in this movie that we're about to discuss. You really good. Yeah. <laughs> and like, uh, oh, oh, open con 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 concept, like that, mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Those kind of buzzwords that everyone, I feel like the shows are like, hey, can you throw these in here? Make sure you we, you we have to use the term gut job. Open. I'm going to use the term yeah. gut job in every show that I do from now on. Open concept. Um, yeah. And then I don't know what I haven't watched those shows in years. So yeah, I don't know what the new term is. Both of those can be used for horror yes. movies also. That's oh, yeah, true. Open, sure. concept, <laughs> open concept horror <laughs> movie. It's open. Uh, that's a great segue, I think, into today's uh, film, which is Jennifer's Body. Oh, it's hot. It's October. Ooh, and we're doing our spooky October movie, which this year is Jennifer's Body. So naturally, we had to bring on Melissa as our resident horror expert uh, to discuss bringing me this film. Um, so Jennifer's Body, uh, 2009. Uh, for, before we get started, uh, of course, we'll get on to a sec. In a second, we'll get on to what everybody's experience was with the film before. Uh, the podcast. Uh, but before we get into that, I just want to like, I just want to say how important this movie is to this podcast generally. Uh, you know, Sarah and I um, and Hillary, we had sort of laid the podcast to rest at the end of season three. We were like, we had a great time and we're going to move on to some other stuff. Sarah and I started a podcast called the Georgia Made Podcast, which we did for a year. And during that time, I, ha I had watched Jennifer's Body for the first time. Uh, so I guess this would have been in uh, 2019, right? Because we restarted this podcast mm -hmm. in 2020. So Correct. in 2019, I watched Jennifer's Body for the first time, 10 years after it was released. And as soon as I watched it, I messaged Sarah and I was like, Sarah, number one, you're coming to my house and we're watching this movie immediately. And, and number two, I want to start the podcast back up. I want to go back to doing the podcast just so we can talk about this fucking movie. Mm -hmm. It's true. So that's like this, this movie like breathed new life into this show after a year of being on a hiatus. That's right, Albus. I hear you. <laughs> he agrees. <laughs> so with that, let's go around. And uh, what was everybody's experience with this film prior to watching it for this podcast? Uh, let's start with you, Melissa. Uh, prior to this, I think I probably watched it when it came out. Oh yeah, that's great. <laughs> so I've seen it multiple times. Mm -hmm. um, and there's just something about it. I just love all the visuals in it. Oh um, God, yes. The color palette yes. in this, just the special effects are fun. Mm -hmm. uh, 
just kind of a, a wimp. To me, it's like a women empowerment film. Yeah. I mean, I this is, I don't know. It is a feminist horror film for sure. Yeah. So I just, everything about the film I just love. I will say, mm-hmm. I was kind of sad some of the um, dialogue didn't hold up. But yeah, there's a couple of moments cool. that are uh, homophobic, uh, oh, for yeah. sure. Um, so, and a little racist. There's a couple a of little bit. Yeah. low key racist move- moments. <laughs> Um. Yes, there are a couple things that I would say ten years later do not hold up. Also, the cast is uh just white as hell. Like it is, it just could not be whiter. No. Um. I, there's only one person of color that I can really think of. Well, there's two. There's the bitchy girl that's always complaining to needy. Yeah. And then there's the foreign exchange student. So there's yeah. one. Yeah. Man of color in this movie, and he doesn't get any lines. And yeah, he just the gets way they talk fucking about straight him. up murdered, yeah. and the way they talk about him is pretty fucked up. So yeah, there's there's some things in this movie that don't quite hold up to our our standards for sure. Yeah, I think that happens with all movies, though. Yeah, for it, sure. You know, like when I rewatched, I mean, we'll get into it. But when I rewatched this, I did. I was like, is this was this intent intentional? Like these type of sexist, racist, homophobic lines to I, make to I be wonder. like high school kids are insensitive, like. I can't tell. I can't tell if the movie is self-aware about that or not. Yeah. Like, it could be that they're like, look at these kids who are saying these things, but it's also like being played for humor. So I don't yeah. know that it's self-aware in, in that. Right. I don't know. What do you think, Melissa? Let's call up Dia- Diablo Coke. <laughs> I don't think so. Cause there's a couple words in there that I'm just like, I don't think you would find that in films today mm-hmm. no. used in that way. Um, yeah, like also, I'd like to think that high schooler. Well, I don't know what it's like in Devil's Kettle, but I do think high schoolers are um, uh, more fluid in their sexuality. Mm-hmm. At least not way. in two thousand nine. Not in two thousand nine, but I'm saying no. in no, twenty sexuality no. is. Um, you know, I think we've there's a, a lot of things have opened up in that way um which i'm looking forward to talking about but in 2009 yes people were especially in a town like devil's kettle um would have been very heteronormative absolutely (laughs) uh sarah how about you so yeah so melissa long time relationship with this movie i'm glad to hear that you were one of the few women that did watch it when it came out Uh, i can't wait to talk about why many people didn't uh there's a whole there's very important reason why uh i think a lot of women stayed away from this movie uh uh, sarah what what uh what about you um i first heard about this movie when nicole texted me saying that we need to watch it for the podcast um last year last year i was like come to my house and i did and it was amazing and um yeah that's that's all i knew i hadn't heard about it when it first came out um i guess i would have been like 23 22 something like that but yeah i didn't hear hear about it um so yeah so like uh like i mentioned at the at the beginning here uh i saw this movie last year for the first time uh i do remember when it came out um i loved juno so i loved diablo cody as a writer when jennifer jennifer's body came out i immediately had no interest in watching it because it didn't seem like it was a movie that was made for me, which was confusing given that it was written 
by a woman and directed by a woman. I, I was like, this seems like a stupid, exploitive slasher movie, which I do enjoy those, but it seemed dumb. And so it didn't seem like it was made for me. It seemed like it was made for teenage boys. There's a really, really important reason for that. And I don't know if you guys have read up on this, but um, this movie was marketed by the studio to teenage boys on purpose. Mm-hmm. So, so okay, so you're familiar with the 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 story behind this, Melissa, then? I'm not, but I knew that, that it was marketed. <laughs> it's marketed to. Right. So let's talk for a minute uh, before we get into the movie about, so Diablo Cody, writer of this film, wrote Juno, wrote Young Adult, wrote Tully. Right. So very strong female characters, feminist, uh, uh, great dialogue. She's an incredible writer. Uh, Lots of award nominations and wins for her for Juno. Uh, Karen Kusama uh, directs a lot of TV. Uh, As far as feature films go, she's directed Girl Fight, The Invitation, Destroyer, which uh, was uh, nominated for uh, a lot of uh, awards when it came out in, I believe it was 2018. Um. They didn't. They did not have any input on the marketing of this film. Uh, the studio said uh, that we were just. They were just coming off of Megan Fox being in Transformers, and so she was kind of hot girl, hot girl at the time. The studio decided we're going to market this film to teenage boys based on Megan Fox's sex appeal. Mm-hmm. None of the marketing materials even had Amanda Seyfried on them. Or Johnny uh, Johnny Simmons. Uh, so I didn't even know Amanda Siegfried was in this movie until I watched it. Because all of the marketing was based on Megan Fox and her sexuality. And this is not something Megan Fox wanted either. Right. So they, in fact, they did, when they did test audiences, they only invited teenage boys. And all of the feedback they got was basically this movie is dumb. Why don't we ever see her boobs? That kind of stuff. And so they they didn't market it to the people that wanted this movie, which is people like me and you. Mm-hmm. They marketed it to teenage boys who would get there and see that the movie was about what it was about and not what they thought it was going to be about. And they were obviously like, what the fuck is this? And so the movie tanked at the box office and didn't really, uh, it is now sort of achieved like more of a, a fan, like cult status mm-hmm. 10 years out from it being there. But it was you know uh and even if you look l- look at the description on nicole on Am- was it amazon prime what wh- i where, i have it on amazon prime it? and youtube uh, yeah so on, on the description <laughs> on amazon prime which y- you and i read this when we watched it i also reread it with my parents and it mm-hmm. only describes her chasing and killing boys yes so they were marketing about it. Am- amanda just- and like yeah which is the heart of the movie. The heart of the movie is this friendship between these teenage mm-hmm. girls and in nowhere is that mentioned in the description yeah. or the marketing at all. So I was, I'm actually, I was actually angry after I watched this movie that I had been kept from it for so long. Like this, I was like, this is exactly the type of movie that I would want to watch. And I'm mad that, that because a bunch of fucking men in the studio system decided that this, that they, that I was not worth their money and they didn't market it towards me that I didn't see it for 10 years. And it's also like, not only are, are you not worth their their money, but like Megan Fox is not worth anything 
but her body, her sex. which her body. ironically is what the fucking movie is about. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, well, with that, let uh, that that's everybody's experience with the film Jennifer's Body prior to the podcast. So let's get into talking about this movie. The house is a mess, Jack. The kids are a mess, Jack. You're a mess, Jack. You have been a total bitch ever since you came to New York. You seem sort of distant. Let's just do it, man. You look stupid and rich. Stupid and stupid and rich. Fascist. All right. Let's get into it. All right, Jennifer's Body, 2009. Um, let's dig right in. Very good year. Just kidding. A good no. year. Not well, a better year than 2020. That's true. Huh? Who, what? Can I just start with the death scene that never happened that I wish would have? Ooh, yes. So, <laughs> yeah, let's dive right in. Uh, Melissa has some notes, I believe. Sarah and I have our usual set of notes. Let's go. Where? Let's let's let you take the lead, Melissa. What would you like to talk about first? I just want to say that um, I forgot. Chris Pratt was in this movie. I know, right? Oh, was He's Chris like, Pratt like, supposed to be killed in this movie? No, I don't know. Uh, that's the death I yeah. wish oh, I had, and yes. it never came. No, but Roman. Roman. Didn't, didn't he die Roman. in the fire? He, but we didn't. He see might it. have. She didn't, like, yeah. consume him. They, she right. should yeah. have, and she should have. Roman, yeah. who likes butt stuff, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when, he, <laughs> he took her butt virginity, her backdoor yeah. oh, virginity. She had to sit on frozen peas or something. That <laughs> line, the lines in this movie are so fucking brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Chris Pratt playing a fu- real douchey character, which is yeah. um, even he's still. A, I don't like him, but there's something a little bit lovable about him still because Chris Pratt is so lovable. But uh-huh. he was he's so icky. Like but he's also just so he has icky. like three lines or like five lines or something like that. And but he does I stand out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I told my parents, I was like, and that's the last you'll see of Chris Pratt. And they were like, what? <laughs> They're like, what is he doing in this movie? He was <laughs> not a, not a, not a big star at the time. So yeah, yeah, he only has three lines, but yeah, you're right. Damn. It would have been nice to see Roman get gutted like a fish. I would yes. have just absolutely. I would have preferred that. to see Chris Pratt get murdered than football guy. Well, I'd love, you know what? I'd love to, I think that we're, since we're already here, I'd like to talk about this. I have a theory as to why you didn't see that murder, Melissa. And the reason for that is, is because Jennifer's victims in this movie are very specific uh, in the way, in who they are, um, or emotionally who they are. They're all very Mm -hmm. different in their types. Um, In a typical slasher movie, women are the victims uh they are chased they are stripped they are uh elaborately killed right they beg for mercy and in this film they turn that on its head and what you have are men the men in this movie overall except for people like roman and and except for people like the guys in the band Mm -hmm. the men in this movie are vulnerable absolutely they're Mm -hmm. gentle yes they grieve Mm-hmm. They have they experience fear, and so their deaths are a little more hard hitting. Are sad, and also yeah. like she goes after them, and she says she needs them to be afraid. Mm-hmm. Yes, right. So let's back this up before we. I mean, obviously, I hope everybody that's listening has seen this movie. But if but just to <laughs> recap what happens, uh, Jennifer's body is about two uh, teenage girls, uh, Jennifer Check. And uh, Needy Needemeyer, I think, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, and they're they've been friends since they were children. Uh, Jennifer has a very traumatic experience that leads her to become a succubus demon, 
and she begins killing and eating boys. Right. And so that's like the basic plot. And there's way more to it than that. But so when it comes to the point where Jennifer is actually killing these boys, I think that the reason that Roman is not one of them is because he doesn't really fit that category. I mean, maybe they could have written him that way, but that's true. Well, then he wouldn't have been. That's true. Yeah. It wouldn't have been. And none of their deaths yeah. are satisfying. There's nothing satisfying about any of their deaths, yeah. I don't think. Nope. So, yeah, they're all sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I I want to return to that. Um, and does anybody have anything at the, sort of towards the beginning of the film that you'd like to talk about? And we'll kind of work our way back around to the individual deaths, because I do want to talk about those guys individually. But I just wanted to say that one of the big things that I love about this movie is how how gentle and vulnerable the men are in this movie. That's nice. I would like to say that um, Megan Fox did not gracefully spin that flag. <laughs> Were you on color? I, I, I was in. I was in color, color, color guard. Okay. Yes, and I, and I was like, so you're. You um, did not like. You did not care. Also, the rest of the girls, they weren't in sync, and I was like, could they at least have found a real color guard team? Or like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. That was just like okay. So you, that you that took you out of the movie. It did. It's okay though. It's okay. I, I did not throw, notice throw, that. Throw that in there. Uh, I think they were cheerleaders though, so I'm not sure if they were color guard. I'm not sure why they were flipping flags. I didn't know that was a cheerleader thing, but I'm pretty sure they were cheerleaders, right? It's not. It's not a cheer 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 cheerleader thing. There's cheerleaders. There's dance team. There's color guard. And never the three shall mix. No. Uh, I think Johnny Simmons is actually a drummer, so I th- or he can drum. At least he's been a drummer in several movies. So when you see John, John, Johnny Simmons, who are you ta- talking about? Johnny Simmons plays Chip. Oh, Chip. The boyfriend. Oh, my God. Can we take a moment to talk about Chip? Yes. <laughs> Sarah, why don't start? Oh, God. I don't know. Like, he's just so per- Okay, one of my notes that kind of... All of my notes kind of are about the whole film. That's okay. So are oh. mine. One of my notes is about the wholesomeness of Chip and Needy. They're so wholesome. I know. It's, it's, it is. Chip is my dream high school boyfriend. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> like he is. In fact, I wrote down a lot about him. He's, he's kind of naive. He's, he's cute. He's sweet. He's funny. He's sensitive. He's sensitive. Very sensitive, yeah. He loves Needy so much, but not in a creepy, possessive way. Yeah, no. He has, she's his desktop, like, screensaver. Did you guys notice that? Yes, even after she broke up with him. Oh, my God. And I, lo- I mean, this, I don't know. I'm just going to talk about this, the sex scene because that's something yeah, that's like, very, very wholesome. Like, yeah. just, and I just love the part where she's, like, having this freak out like she's seeing things and he thinks like he's like oh like oh, really a excited. really good job like, well what if yeah he thinks he's doing great and then he and then he's like scared and he's like yeah. am i hurting you and then yeah. he goes am i too big, I'm I'm I too big? <laughs> and the look on his face like oh my god this is the best ever yeah i know yes. he's so excited for like a split second <laughs> yeah and his penis is too big um yeah. i felt like that sex scene and again i fucking love movies and TV shows that are directed by women about that have the, when there's a sex scene in it, because it feels mm. like authentic to my experience. Like that yeah. felt very authentic. It's a little awkward. It's kind of funny, but it's kind of sweet. Um, I love they got out a condom. Like 
that's I feel like in movies it's all like let's just rip everything off and then just like go in there and like and it wasn't awkward in an uncomfortable way it was awkward in a sweet way but like that's what I remember like when you're that age like sex being like like it was enjoyable but also like people you don't really know what you're doing like he's trying to put the condom on and he kind of snaps it on himself by accident um the whole thing yeah it's very sweet and unfortunately interrupted by needy's visions of death (laughs) right um which brings me to the question she always she can tell when jennifer is coming over Mm-hmm. Yeah, to her house. Yes. Um, she knew about the death. I'm like, mm-hmm. how is he so connected? Is it is it the necklace? Is because the necklace is kind of like a talisman almost. What about Ooh, when that's they were kids and she drank her blood? I you know, I think that there could be some paranormal thing going on here, but I think that it's more of a thematic thing which is that friendships between girls and I think this movie does a great job of it friendships between girls can be very deep intimate bordering on romantic love which mm-hmm. I think more girls would be in romantic relationships with each other if it wasn't so taboo yeah. yeah. Like I I'd like to think that in high school it's a lot like you can date girls and boys a little easier than you could when I was in high school but when I was in high school yeah there were girls that went out with girls but it was still like outside the norm quote quote, quote you know like yeah. uh it was you know heteronormative relationships are still the typical thing and or at least they were when I was a teenager like fucking you know 20 years ago whatever. 20 years ago when I was in fucking high school uh and even in this high school like I you don't see any other Mm-mm. lesbian or gay relationships in this movie so I feel like this brings up an interesting point which is that needy is obviously in love with Jennifer mm-hmm. and chip like she loves both of them yeah and in a different world maybe needy would be able to be with Jennifer in a way that is romantic so I think that they, but but I do think a lot of female friendships in uh, in high school are very intense that way. Sandbox yeah. love never dies. That's the quote. Aww. Yeah, yeah. Sandbox love never dies. That was so cute. Yeah, very cute. Um, so so maybe yeah. that's why she senses her because that's how be. intimate their relationship is. Yeah, because I liked that she could sense her before any of the stuff happened. Yes, exactly. And then even after, it was just kind of intensified that connection. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah. uh, I That's another thing that I really love about this movie is that I, like, I was needy. Like, needy was the type of person that I was. I was, and I don't think there's any mistake there that her name is needy. Like, it's very obvious why that is the name <laughs> of that character. But I was definitely the uh, nerdy, not like I was not the hot, charismatic teenage girl. I was the hot, charismatic teenage girl's best friend. Like that was me in college, too. Like it continued up through my 20s. Um, So I understand how that feels and how you're it's always kind of like, why is this person friends with me? Like, they're so amazing. What do I have to offer them? And what you have to offer them is love and acceptance and stability and someone to watch over them 
which is what Needy gives Jennifer. Like we don't see ne- Jennifer's parent Needy's uh, Jennifer's parents, and t- we see her mom like at the very end. The very ends, yeah. But nobody's looking. It doesn't seem like anyone's looking out for her, except for Needy, right? Yeah, yeah. So I think Needy offers her love and stability, and and love and stability in the vision of what she has with Chip. Mm-hmm. Like Jennifer's relationships are like Roman, the cop guy, played by Chris Pratt. And Needy's relationship with Chip is really sweet and lovely. And you can see that Jennifer is jealous of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe not even so much Chip as what Chip and Needy have together. Yeah. And we don't see who Jennifer's parents are. Like, I think that's interesting. They show that they we meet Needy's nee, nee, mom. Mm-hmm. But we don't meet Jennifer's parents. And so it's like, you know, what 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 is is that relationship like? And is that why she can't have a relationship like neat 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 needy has with Chip? Well, it seems like Jennifer at this point in her life has accepted that boys want her for a particular thing. Mm-hmm. And she's learned how to leverage that, but isn't necessarily satisfied with it. Like even when Colin comes up to ask her out when she's kind of feeling low and defenseless because she hasn't yeah. eaten in a month or whatever. By the way, the fact that once a month Jennifer needs to eat again because she's lost her, like she's starting to fall apart, I think is not a mistake. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, we all have that once a month, right? Yeah. Um, But yeah, so even when he comes up and asks her out, like there's almost this look of just like bored resignation where she's like, it's not she's not excited and it's I don't think it's because Colin is like this nerdy goth kid which he is but it's like she's just it's boring to be asked out yeah, yeah. she's just used to it by now yeah nobody's coming to give her something nobody looks at her in this like it, in the way that Chip does with the way he looks at Needy you know like he doesn't nobody mm-hmm. sees her really except for Needy Needy's the only one that looks at her that way mm-hmm. yeah and everyone else just looks sees her body yeah. I don't know. Yeah. When I was in high school, I was like, I had the, the Jen, 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 Jennifer look, but the mm-hmm. needy personality. Mm-hmm. So I didn't get asked out because I had that kind of like mm-hmm. insecure kind of thing mm-hmm. go, 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 going on. So but did yeah. you have a Jennifer check in your life? No. I had a lot of Jennifer checks in my life. And they were exciting and being around them made me feel a little more exciting. Mm-hmm. And I was always looking out for them. They were always getting themselves. All my Jennifers were always getting themselves into situations that made me afraid for them. And I was always trying to step in and fix it. And they made me, they taught me to stand up for myself. They taught me how to do my hair and how to wear clothes that were maybe a little bit cooler than what I was wearing before. And they made me feel interesting when I didn't think that I was interesting and they were also sometimes mean and possessive. And I think there's a very telling moment even before Jennifer gets that demon possession thing where they're about to go to the bar and they're standing at, I guess they're at Chip's house, right? Cause they were upstairs and Needy's putting on clothes. Were, were they at her house? I can't tell. I thought it was her house, but I'm, cause I'm, they just leave Chip. Like they just fucking leave him right. there. Um, but she's like, they're about to leave and they're playfully shoving each other and Jennifer shoves her hard enough to hurt her. Mm -hmm. Like that is something I, like I had friends like that 
who like sometimes you play fight with them and it would be it would feel very real very suddenly like this moment of violence would just appear like they you know would come out yeah. um my, my closest girlfriend was like me like an 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 a neat a needy type well, I was chronically bouncing from one Jennifer check to another, like, and only bouncing because of time or distance. Like in high school, I had, you know, or or it, it happened a couple of times, like in different uh, iterations of my life. But like in, you know, in college, you're with a new group of people. Then after college, you're with another with another group of people. And like, I there was always me and some kind of Jennifer check. So are you till now my- sad that I'm not a Jen? Je- je- Jennifer check? No, I think that um, I think the Jennifer checks in my life grew up and became whole people. Yeah, they didn't stay Jennifer forever. They eventually grew up just like the rest of us. Like I don't need to be validated by my relationship with other people anymore, and neither do they. And that's good for all of us, I think. And I'd yeah. like to think that Needy and Jennifer would have grown up that way too, where they could have just been two women out having brunch. And they wouldn't need to have that sort of parasitic relationship that they have. Yeah. But oh, when you're true. a teenager, you know. Yeah, because they, know they, didn't, get, still they didn't get to. They didn't get to. Yeah, they never grow get that. past that stage. I think that they probably would have eventually. Yeah. You know what other scene, because you were talking about Chip, um, the scene right before that uh, altercation with mm-hmm. Nadie and Jennifer mm-hmm. when they're upstairs and Chip is like saying, you know, you don't have anything in common with her. Why are you always mm-hmm. following her? Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I really, really loved about that scene mm-hmm. is that she didn't stay. Like he didn't guilt her into staying like no. in other films. She yeah. still went. Yes. Um, which I just, I don't know why I love that scene so much, but I was like, yes, okay. She's going to do what she wants and, she respects his, uh, you know, opinion and yes. thoughts, but she still goes and does her own thing. Yeah, yeah she does I it. I really like that too. I, I 100% agree, Melissa. I love that she did what she wanted and also that Chip didn't feel like he, there was nothing possessive about their relationship right. and yeah. that was really great. Like he, he, he seemed grumpy about it, but he yeah. was accepting of letting her yeah. go. I also really love two lines in that scene and that's when she's trying on the jeans and he's like, I can see your front butt. Yes. <laughs> he's like, I can see. And then he's like, she, he's like, those jeans are so low. I can like see your womb or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, we need to make that phrase happen more often. Yes. Yeah. I love um, where she like turns around when she's trying the clothes on. She's like, this is my rock look. And I was like, oh, honey, I know. So adorbs because I felt I like I was probably like that. I in still that like so that. Melissa, Melissa, were you a Jennifer Check or a Needy? I don't, I think I was an odd oddity mm-hmm. <laughs> high school I wasn't either I don't okay know. you were like I don't ha- need it so did you have any of those really intense female friendships oh or- absolutely yeah. yeah I went to two different high schools and I definitely had uh my best friends who I still talk with now mm-hmm. as an adult um they were definitely strong strong women with like strong points of view yeah and, and you seem you seem like you're a strong woman with a strong point of view too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I yeah. don't I don't know so much in high school. High school, okay. Probably were not. any of us strong women in high right. school? Right, I'm like I don't. <laughs> it was such a strange time, high school. Yeah. Right, I don't know. Yeah. I would have to ask my friends like, what, what, who was I? I, I was I, an insecure person. I I was uh I I owe it to one of my. Jennifer checks who taught me how to stand up for myself. Like, I know it seems strange now at knowing me 
as you do now that I would have trouble standing up for myself, but I, I did. I would never guess. Yeah. Uh, and, and so I, my, my, my Jennifer check taught me how to respect and stand up for myself. Nice. I still haven't been taught that. I mean, pe- people have tried. <laughs> people have tried. Sarah, I, I think that you, I think that you do, I think you do a lot better than you think. Uh-huh. I would agree. Okay. Just standing up for yourself doesn't always mean being the loudest, even as much as I may think it does. Uh, sometimes it just means knowing when to say no. And I think you know when to say no. And that's important. Absolutely. No. Just no. <laughs> no, I don't. No. Um. <laughs> Okay, who's got something on their list they want to tackle next? I have so many bullet points here, you guys. It's insane. I'm going to let you do the bullet points because I actually was um, doing my nails while I was watching this, so I did Great. not take notes. You don't have to. That's your, That's the, the privilege of the guest is that you don't have to take notes. Privilege. Guest pri- pri- privilege, yes. Um, can I say what's next on my... Absolutely. Please do. So... I believe, and I know we discussed this when we first watched this, Nicole, last year, but mm-hmm. the, I feel like how Je- Je- Jennifer behaves after the, after she's killed mm-hmm. is like how an assault, a, a, a sexual assault sur- sur- survivor acts. Like she feel, it's like you feel alone, like you're mm-hmm. completely in your own experience and no one can see what's going on and you don't really yeah, talk, doesn't talk, tell talk, me talk about me. what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, You lash out, you act out, mm-hmm. um, you kill people. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but, but that kind of like, it's so in extreme. It's a very, an extreme like horror version of what it's like mm-hmm. to be a survivor. Yeah. I think that this movie is very, I think Jennifer, the attack uh, on Jennifer uh, by that by low shoulder is very clearly a metaphor for sexual assault um, to me. That's yeah. immediately what I thought when I saw this movie. And I think that I think that what happened, obviously it's about a, a teenage girl becoming a demon, but really uh, if you look underneath what that is about to me, it's about a person suffering from trauma and there and how the violence of what was done to her leads to the violence of what happens to others like so mm-hmm. once she becomes a demon now she has to feed on boys right mm-hmm. but she can't just eat them they have to feel afraid yeah. yeah they have to feel hopeless so she picks people intentionally mm-hmm. that are vulnerable as she was feeling vulnerable in the time that she was assaulted by these guys and she makes them feel afraid and hopeless. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I think a lot of times, and because uh, assault, violent assaults have been portrayed so much in the media by men as a device yeah. in films, mm-hmm. um, as a plot point for men in the film and their reaction to someone else's assault, or at times for women to show them as victims or fragile or whatever it is, right? There's a lot of ways that sexual assault has been used historically by men in film. What we don't talk about is how assault can also create rage. Mm -hmm. And that is part of what's happening here is that she feels isolated, but she, there's also this rage where she is now going to hurt other people the way that she's been hurt. Yeah. Yeah. I also like how, um, they didn't show the assault when it happened. They show it like near the end of the film. Like 
yes. you go so long into the film without knowing what is go- going on. Yes. And, I and so you I make li- assumptions like about her. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think it's very clear when we see her come back to Needy's house the first time that something has happened to her. Yes. But I'm and just not sure what it is. What actually occurred right. until way after, I think most films would have showed you. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. When Jennifer's ready to confess, which I think was a really hard thing for her to do. And unfortunately, at that point, Needy is so. uh, Their rift has been so has is so deep that Needy is not ready to give her what she needs, which is acceptance. Yeah. And so she forces her out of the house. and, and, And maybe that would have been a turning point between the two of them. But instead, it it leads to their ultimate that relationship really fracturing in a way that can't be repaired. But yeah, Jennifer is telling her what happened to her, confessing it finally, and then is rejected. Even though Needy does feel bad for her, Needy is not able to really trust her after that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I um, that, hmm? Sorry. And that, that can happen with girl, girlfriends. Like, I mean, personally, I had, a really good friend who uh, was raped and Mm -hmm. she didn't tell me until like, like eight years later. And at the time she told me that she just had sex and then she Mm -hmm. started having a lot of sex with a lot Mm -hmm. of different guys. And I didn't understand. And I was very Mm -hmm. like sensitive to that stuff. And we kind of like stopped being friends because Mm -hmm. of her behavior. And I didn't understand. And then Mm -hmm. when she told me, way after I just felt horrible I was like well that's that and so this part this aspect of the film how they kind of like are like drift apart Mm -hmm. because of that because Needy does not know that was very personal to me and doesn't understand the trauma that she's been through yeah like she knows that something's wrong but she sees Jennifer as a threat and not as a person who is experiencing post-traumatic stress right yeah um i'd also like to address the scene itself where the where the band members do the sacrifice and how uh how it's very intense but also there's this dark humor to it and i Mm -hmm. want to know what you guys think about the use of humor during a scene like that are you okay sarah i think a bird just flew into my window (laughs) (laughs) i heard like this uh, I'm sorry. Wow, like, that's bang. not, a, that's not a good, not a good <laughs> omen. That's for sure. Oh, no. Uh, so, what do you guys think about the use of humor during that scene? I mean, there's a lot of jokes. Uh, they sing to her at one point. They sing, yeah. you know. I think it works for the scene only because they got the or the main guy, the lead mm-hmm. singer, got the instructions for this online. Yeah. He's that was hilarious. fucking ridiculous. Like, Adam so Brody turning an amazing performance. Adam Brody. Yes. Yeah, it's absurd. It's fucking absurd. And the way, also the way that he's like, he's like telling her like, you don't know how hard it is to be an indie band. Yeah. Right. We're all cute. I think that, I think that low shoulder is the comedic relief of the film. Yes. Like, low so shoulder and J.K. Simmons, not, no relation to Johnny Simmons at yeah. all, but J.K. Simmons, right. the, the teacher, uh, also playing the comedic relief in Just this like movie. like the song through the tree. Oh God, I fucking hate that song like, so much. So terrible. I, and yeah. like, 
And did you see in the last scene with them with the uh where they were playing at the prom? Yeah. Whatever, and their logo was like a car on a low shoulder. <laughs> I hate them so much. But yeah, that so there's like all of that. Um I Sarah, what do you think about the humor in that scene? I liked it. I think that it worked. I think that her fear was real and I think that it didn't yep. make her fear less real. And it, it just showed how they were cal- callous and how didn't they understand didn't about her. At all, they didn't understand what, but also I think that a lot She wasn't of, a person to them. Right. I think that a lot, a, lo- a, a lot of people who do commit assault, like they don't understand and they don't care. What, and what they, they don't do see the victim as a person. Yes. Right. So I think that that worked actually. And also mm-hmm. it was, it was genuinely funny. Um, yeah. I think, I think you needed that the humor to con- c- to maintain the balance of the tone of this film. Yes. Which mm-hmm. is cheeky and funny. Yes. Even though it's about really serious shit. Yeah. So because yes. that scene is so intense, if you didn't have the humor and all of the hu- none of the humor is at her. None of the humor yeah. is meant to demean or degrade her or what's going on right. with her. All of the humor is based on making fun of them making fun of the perpetrators of the violence and how stupid they are and how awful they are. Yeah. Right. And if you don't have that humor, the scene then becomes so intense that we're not in the same movie that we were a few minutes ago, even though that event needs to happen. I think that that's a truly a, a testament to the writing and the directing of this movie that they were able to balance that really serious shit with, with the tone of the movie, which is, we're in a horror movie and we're making fun of what it's like to be a teenager. And so they they were able to balance that in a way that is, was really uh, expert, I think. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they didn't even know her name and they had to take the gag off to find out her yeah. name. Uh, that yeah. guts me. That part guts yeah. me. Yeah. And just that humor really, because that attack, when he actually attacked her with the knife, it was very yeah. violent, very vicious and yeah. violent. So just that humor, I think just softened it. And like you yeah. said, it just goes with the rest of the, the film if and it like, didn't if it wasn't there i don't think it would work would the yeah. spell have worked if she hadn't told him her, her her name like i thought about that in that moment i was like what if she didn't tell them her name like would it not have worked i don't know but i do think that the scene where they're stabbing her repeatedly i think there's a lot of i've read a lot of like horror and i'm sure you have too melissa of different film criticisms about horror movies um and there's a lo- uh, there's a belief in a lot of the feminist critic circles that women being stabbed with a knife as happens a lot in slasher movies is something very much like assault because mm-hmm. you've got this penetrative object and it's yep. always yeah. being perpetrated on a woman. And I think this movie really puts that front and center, like really yeah. puts that in your face and says all these movies that you've been watching where Jason kills women with a machete that is they're funny and you'd like to sit around and watch popcorn and joke about it. But the real, but this, but the real thing is that these women are being fucking assaulted, and that that right knife on. stands in for something. Yeah. And I'm a person who loves to watch those horror movies, like so. I'm not saying like I don't watch fucking Friday. I watch Friday the Thirteenth every year. I watch it every year. Yes. But but and, but we need to understand the context of what's going on, and I think this movie really puts that front and center. Yeah. Uh, welcome to Plug It Up. This is the part of the show where we uh, talk about all some things, some things and places and things that you can find out other stuff that we're up to 
Melissa, do you have anything you'd like to plug? You know, I am doing the web series. Yes. <laughs> the Critical Crop Top Comedy Web Show. Yes. yes. That's the next thing uh, I'm up to right now. Uh, any projects I had prior to mm-hmm. pandemic are on hold. So other than yeah. that, I don't have anything. Awesome. So do you have, do you have any, any social media you'd like people to follow you on so that when you're our, when your projects yeah. start up again? Yeah. If you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm Life Love Adventures. If you want to follow me nice. on there, and I generally post uh, any projects I have coming up. Awesome. And you do, you are heavily involved with various different film festivals as well. Yeah. Well, one of my favorite film festivals is in, I believe it'll be January, Women in Horror Film Festival. Uh, run by Vanessa Ayanta Wright. So yes. people look at that and a lot of local Atlanta um, films are generally in it. So it's just a great yeah. film. Spe- yeah. Speaking of powerful women in horror, like that is a festival you cannot miss. Yeah, it is. It's a wonderful festival. All right. Well, thank you, Melissa. Yeah. So um, Sarah, do you have anything you'd like to plug? I mean, I'm doing the web sketch show too, but uh, I think you've that's got a blog, something. right? I do, but I haven't. Attitude in the last two months, so um, so we're gonna low key not plug that. Low key not plug it, but (laughs) check it out if you haven't been there yet. Uh, And how do we get there? www.sarahallisonhodges.com. Excellent. So check that out if you haven't read the blog yet. Uh, Yeah. So uh, both Melissa and Sarah are uh, part of the ensemble, writing and directing. Excuse me. And performing in the Critical Crop Top Comedy Web Show. So this is a project that we had began writing at the beginning of 2020. Uh, We had postponed it due to quarantine um, and then decided, what the hell, let's shoot it over Zoom. So we're doing this crazy thing where we're shooting this. We've got dozens of actors involved um, and uh, there are uh, five writers, four of us are directing, right? Uh, Five writers, four directors and uh, dozens of actors involved in this. A cast of thousands. A cast of thousands. uh, And we're shooting the whole thing over Zoom. It's going to be fun, um, and it's exciting to play around with this medium um, uh, and figure out the strengths and and work our way around some of the challenges. Um, These two have written some really amazing sketches, Uh, They're very funny. And so we're actually in the process of rehearsing this right now over Zoom. And we are going to be shooting it, start shooting it next month. So look out for that. Uh, You can find more about that uh, on the Critical, so Critical Crop Top, uh, which of course also produces this podcast. Uh, You can find more about the web show on uh, Critical Crop Top uh, you can, uh, our social media. So it's at critical crop top on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can go to the YouTube page, uh, where we're actually releasing our, our catalog of sketches that we have recorded over the years. So, uh, we, of course, we've done a bunch of live shows with, which both Sarah and Melissa have performed, directed and written in. And we've, so we've recorded all of our live shows over the years, starting in 2016, but, uh, had never released this this footage so we are now releasing these sketches and we recently released melissa's sketch i'd like a refund uh so that's up on the youtube channel and several of sarah's sketches as well uh i believe gateway drug is up um and some other forthcoming sketches will be released as well 
So uh, that's just Critical Crop Top on YouTube. So you can find us on YouTube. Uh, also, the vidcast version of this podcast. So if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Spotify or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, you can also watch the video version of this on YouTube and see our lovely faces and all of our fun Halloween makeup and Melissa's skull blanket and all of that stuff. <laughs> and, um, and, and Albus, the cat. And, and cat. Albus, the cat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd also like to plug the other weird podcast that Sarah and I are doing called the Adam and Andy podcast, uh, where we only watch Adam Driver and Andy Sandberg movies. We just did Marriage Story and somehow found ways to be thirsty in a sad movie about divorce. We managed yeah. it somehow. Uh, it wasn't difficult when it's you're talking. Do. It's not hard to do with Adam Driver. And the next movie we're watching is also about divorce, weirdly. Yes. Celeste and Jesse Forever. Forever. Oh. Wow. Yes. Okay. Um, so we spin a wheel every month. We don't know what's going to be on there. Um, and that's what we picked. So uh, you can find that podcast, the Adam and Andy podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, uh, Heart Radio, and uh, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Adam and Andy Podcast, and you can find us on Twitter Adam Andy Pod, and of course you can find this podcast. You can tell us what did you think about Jennifer's Body? Uh, what's your favorite horror movie? Um, what do you, what's your comfort horror movie during the Halloween season? Let us know. Uh, you can find us uh, on Facebook and Instagram at Feminine Mistake Pod, and you can find us on Twitter at Fem Mistake Pod. And that's that's all I got. Thank you, Nicole. I appreciate it. You're welcome. I like to fire off all the handles. <laughs> no, you I love it. Am- 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 you guys are so amazing. good at this. Oh, oh stop it. For real. I'm like, oh Lord. I came Nicole very is good unprepared. At this. <laughs> I have everything written down. If I don't write shit down, it's like it I mean Sarah has caught me multiple times the since we've been recording this podcast in the last couple months just like not even fucking introducing ourselves or the guests like we'll just fucking talk for 30 minutes and Sarah will be like are you going to introduce the podcast or there have been whole episodes where like I don't even notice and like it's released and I'm like wait we what never show is this? this oops <laughs> love it uh all right so uh every uh yeah uh thank you <laughs> thank you for Melissa for joining us on the show it's been a pleasure to have you. Um, and uh, thank you. Uh, we're going to, audience, please come back and join us for part two of our discussion on Jennifer's body. This is part one. There's more. There's more to come. We're going to get to that ending. We're going to get to that scene at the abandoned pool. Just come back uh, for the next episode. And uh, thanks, Melissa. Thank you for joining us. Thank thanks, you, ladies, for having me. <laughs>